Blog Talk Radio. I'll have some good days. Yes. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days and some lonely nights. But when I when I look around and I think things over. You know what? All of my good days outweigh my bad days. I, I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I can hardly the road, I ask the question, Lord, Lord, why so much pain, but he Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I am Minister Michael Gray, Associate Minister at Second Baptist Church, Warsaw, Virginia, where Pastor James, Pastor Dr. James Johnson is my pastor. This morning, our, our sermon will be coming from Romans 4, 20 and 21. Romans 4, 20 and 21. And it reads, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And if I had to title my message this morning, my title would be, My Mind is Made Up, I Will Serve the Lord. Amen. Do we have our minds made up that we're going to serve the Lord? Or are our minds scattered abroad that we don't know what we're going to do? Every Christian including me, has one time or another faced difficult times, trying times and sad times. And the truth be told, we're dealing with these times right today. We go through this, we go through that. But is our mind made up? Or are we still back and forth? We don't know. But it's people of God, it's time that we make up our mind that we're going to serve the Lord. And by having to do so, we have turned our back against the Lord. Sometimes we forget who the Lord is. We turn our back and we go on our merry way, not looking back, not giving thanks, not giving them glory. We don't know any of these things. We just think it's a ordinary day. There have been times when the pressure of life has tried to crush us. Have you ever had the pressure of life just to come down on top of you and almost take you out of here? Having a relationship with God that you were able to make it through. But what about those that don't have a made-up mind? What about those that don't even know who he is? Well, we find that those are the people that really catch the brunt, the brunt part of of the circumstances. They're the ones that really catch it because they don't know who God is. So, in their time of trouble, Lord have mercy, in their time of of discernment. They have to try to try to figure these things out. But when we know who God is, when we have a relationship, we know that we're going to have times when we go through. We're going to have stuff to deal with. But we also know that we're able to stand on his promises. There's been times when the temptations try to overtake us. There's going to be stuff that comes up against those people that try to see if we're really for God or not. It's easy to say these things out of our our mouth, but when temptation comes, do we stand on the word of God? Do we have that relationship 
that would help us over the hump? Or do we fall right into the enemy's trap? There would be times when our problems would try to frustrate us, cause us to doubt that God is God. We don't, we begin to look at the problem and not the problem solver. He is able to solve everything that we go through. We have this relationship if our minds are made up. But if we don't have these things, this is the reason why we go through. There will be times when the devil will try to overthrow you. Have you ever been trying to be overthrown by the devil? That he throw everything that he had at you? And the only thing that kept you from going under was the Lord being your lifesaver. I'm talking to somebody this morning. There will be times when the disappointment will try to discourage you. Even after all that the devil, the devil will try to destroy you. But on this morning, you're standing because of none of your own doing. Standing because your mind was made up that you were going to serve the Lord. And whatever came with serving the Lord, you were, you were, your mind was made up that you were going to deal with it. There will be times when the critics will try to condemn you. Oh, you're going to have people that say this and that about you. They try to cut you down to nothing, all because of the God that you serve. There will be times when unbelievers will try to deceive you. This is when they want you to be just like them. Everybody, misery loves company. There would be times when the gossipers would try to ruin you. There would be times when you're going to be judged and ridiculed for the, for the Lord that you serve. Come out this morning to tell you, I don't care about what people think anymore. My mind is made up that I'm going to serve the Lord and that heaven is going to be my home. We have to get to that mindset that we, our minds are made up and we're not scattered abroad. There will be times when others try to persuade you to live unholy, but you must have a made-up mind. You're going to serve the Lord no matter what. When people try to get you to live unholy, they're trying to get you to be as they are. Oh, but Sometimes the temptation is there. But when our mind is made up, it goes in one ear and out the other because we know that people don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. So this morning, he's looking for some people that had their mind made up, that they're going to serve God. Sometimes the things that we face will try to make us turn back. Sometimes the burdens are heavy to bear. Sometimes you're going to go through things that you don't even know that you're going to make it through. You're going to deal with some stuff. How do I know this? Because the Bible said that that God dealt with some things, and if we're made in his image, then we're 
we're going to deal with some things as well. You can't solve all your problems. When my mind is made up, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to serve the Lord. I can't solve my problems, but he can. When When my mind is made up, I give everything I have to him and watch him work it out because I can't solve anything, but he's greater than I am. He can solve all my problems. I know we will endure hardships. I know we're going to suffer some pain. We're in hardships right now. Sometimes, and we're suffering, we suffer pain. But the good part about it is, folks, we're still here. There's going to be days in our lives that there's going to be dark and dreary. But you have to have your mind made up that you're going to serve the Lord. And when your mind is made up that you're going to serve him, he's going to bring you from the dark into the marvelous light. There's going to be sleepless nights. There's going to be trials and tribulations. People are going to be jealous. But you must have your mind made up. We can't let people make our decisions. We can't let people become our God. We have to have that mindset. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, that the same mind that's in Christ Jesus. So we have to have that mindset and ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? But when our mind is made up and we make the right decision, God will bless us. If you're wondering why, do you find the strength? Where do you find the strength to have a made-up mind? We find it in his word. When, when we find it in his word, we have to constantly be in his word. We can't pick his word up Sunday, put it down Sunday evening, and not pick it up again until next Sunday. Because that allows the trials, tribulations, that allows the temptations, that allows all this stuff to come to us. The Christian race that we're running right now won't be easy. But we have to put fleshly desires aside. God never said it would be easy. But he did say in Philippians 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. This assures me that we can make it. You can be all that Christ has called you to be because your mind is made it up. As we look at Daniel chapter 3, we find that the Hebrew boys were in a fiery furnace because they wouldn't worship false gods, nor would they worship golden images. They were going to risk their lives for the truth to try to for the true and living God that we serve. How many of us, when we find ourselves in uncomfortable places, do we, do we stand on God's word or do we fall to the things that's trying to pull us down to keep us bound? No matter what they face, they were going to serve God. They were going. They were in the furnace, and God was with them. So when we put, when we're put through the test, as long as we have our minds made up to serve the Lord, 
we go through when he's going to, the Lord is going to go through when we go through. He said he would be with us even to the end of time. So if you're going through right now, the Lord is with you if your mind is made up. Those problems that we have, those trials and tribulations that we deal with, or just dealing with everyday trouble, God is right there with us. We're not, for some reason, we get to, to, the, uh, to think that we're doing this thing on our own. But God is right there with us every step of the way. When opposition arises, will you continue to serve the Lord? When death knocks at your door, will you continue to serve the Lord? A lot of times when death and opposition arise, we seem to go the other way. We seem to run from God. But God wants us to come to him when we're, in these, when we're dealing with these things. He, he promised he's going to give us comfort and peace, but he can't give us these things if we're running away from him. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, we find he was put in the lion's den, but was determined to serve the Lord. Now, can you imagine being put in a lion's den with hungry lions ready to eat you up? And all you needed to do is say that you wouldn't going to serve the Lord. But Daniel was determined that whatever it cost him, that he was going to serve the Lord. We need to find people like Daniel will say, no matter what I go through, no matter what you put me through, no matter what comes upon me, my mind is made up. You can't tell me nothing about my God. My mind is made up that I will serve the Lord. As we look at Second Corinthians, we find that Apostle Paul had to endure beating. He was stoned. He faced hunger. He faced hardship, but he didn't give up. His mind was made up to serve the Lord. So some of the things that we go through simply test our faith. If we plan to enter the gates, we must have a made-up mind. If we plan to walk the streets that's paved in gold, we must have a made-up mind. If we plan to wear the robe of righteousness, now this robe just can't go on anybody, but we must have our minds made up. If we plan to hear the word, well done, my good and faithful servant, we must have our minds made up to serve the Lord. If we plan to be joined heirs with Christ, we must have a made-up mind if we plan to rule and reign with Christ. We must have a made-up mind. When we have a made-up mind, we're not wavering. We're not going back and forth. We're not stuttering. We know what we want to do. When we, when our mind is made, not made up, we're to and fro, we're here and there. We don't know where we're coming or going. 
when your mind is made up, you know that heaven is going to be your home. When your mind's not made up, you don't know where you're going to end up. Oh, I, I want, I'm looking for some folk this morning who would, would go down right to their grave with them and tell, tell the devil that my mind's made up. No matter what you throw my way, no matter what you bring my way, I am determined that I will serve the Lord. If we plan to walk and not faint, we must have a made-up mind. If we plan to run this race which is before us, we must have a made-up mind. If we plan to finish the course, we must have a made-up mind. If we plan to keep the faith and trust in the Lord, we must have a made-up mind. We must have a made-up mind that we're going to serve the Lord no matter what we go through. Oh, this morning I want to know, is your mind made up? Or have your mind got your mind set on the Lord that you're going to serve the Lord no matter what? Don't let the enemy cause you to miss out on what God has for you. Don't let the enemy cause you to go to hell. Don't let the enemy cause you to make decisions that that are ungodly. Oh, I'm looking this morning if a person can live for God, a person can overcome temptation if their mind is made up, if if your mind is made up, you can live for Christ. You can survive the storms of life, no matter how many they how many come. As long as your mind is made up, it doesn't matter how much the boat rocks. It doesn't matter how much the wind blows. Once your mind is made up, you're able to stand on His word. A person can resist the devil only if he wants to. Do we have any people this morning that had their mind made up? Do we have any folks this morning that 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 is ready to stand on the word of God? Do we have any folks this morning that that's ready to give it all to the Lord and say, God, here it is. I'm standing on your word. My mind is made up. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. But I'm standing this morning, not on my power, but on your power. My mind is made up. No matter what comes my way, no matter what I have to deal with, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I face tomorrow, no matter what I face in the next 10 minutes, my mind is made up that I will serve the Lord. I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do, and that is be submissive to your word. Oh, my mind is made up this morning that I don't want nothing else but to serve the Lord through the rest of my day. Oh, when I walk down the street, that's paved in gold. When I put on 
my crown of righteousness. Hey, God, when I put walk on down that road and I enter the gate, and he said to me, well done, God, well done, my good and faithful servant. Welcome home. I know then that my mind is made up and nothing can turn me away. Oh, this morning, if you don't know who God is, or if you're battling this thing, you're going back and forth, and you've been going back and forth for some time now, it's time that you make up your mind today because we don't know if tomorrow going to come or not. But if we make up our mind today that we're going to serve the Lord with our whole heart and we're going to give him our best praise no matter what we're going through. Oh, this morning I'm going to open up this morning and, and open the altar up this morning and ask anybody, do they have a made-up mind to serve the Lord or do they need some prayer this morning that I that we can help them make up their mind that the Lord is all that they need? Do I have one this morning? Yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, give us prayer this morning, Minister Gray. Yes, yes, yes. Let us pray this morning. Father, it's in your name, God. They become this morning. Father, we understand that nobody came forward, and and that's all right. But, Father, we pray now that your word would go out, God, that your word would touch somebody this morning that's mine that's been rumbling all night. They don't know if they're for you or against you. Father, I pray this morning that you would pick their heart this morning that wherever they go, that they will come to the front at the altar and kneel down before you and say, my mind is made up, and I am determined that I am going to serve you. I'm going to serve you for the rest of my days. Oh, God, touch somebody this morning that's going through some things, Lord. Help them make their decision, God. Oh, the decision that they're making, that they're going to try to make on their own, won't be well. So, God, help them this morning. Help them to come to the decision that they will serve you. Oh, Father, we bless you this morning. God, we call out your name this morning, asking you to stop by here, God, and see about your people, God. Help us, Lord to make the right decisions, God. Help us to stand on your word, God. Help us, God, to help somebody else that don't even know who you are, God. Help us bring folks to Christ, God. Oh, God, my mind is made up, Lord, that I'm going to serve you no matter where I am. Oh, God, if I'm in a grocery store, God, if I'm on a job, God, if I'm riding down the road, God, oh, we should lift our hands and shout, hallelujah, glory to God. Oh, Father, we thank you right now for your word, God, and we bless your name. It's in Jesus' 
mighty name, Jesus' mighty name, that we say thank you and hallelujah. Oh, bless your name, God. Oh, bless your name, God. Oh, bless your name, God. My mind is made up that I will serve the Lord. Now, I will turn the program over to Apostle Mercer. Amen. Glory to God. Amen and amen. And thank you, Minister Gray. Amen. Amen. Songwriter says that I won't complain by Reverend Paul Jones. We thank you so much for tuning in to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast this morning with Minister Michael Gray. Truly, the Lord touched our heart with His Word this morning, and we thank you for listening to us. Each week, you can hear us through this radio station Monday through Fridays, as well on the weekends on Sunday mornings. God bless you again. We encourage you to tune in to that dynamic speaker, Minister Gray, which will be on Sundays the 2nd as well as the 4th Sunday if he's available, and we thank you again. We thank God for all of those who have tuned in uh, to us, who uh, listen to us weekly and daily on the Firefold Ministry broadcast because we are so blessed to have dynamic speakers. We are so blessed to have those who want to rightly divide the word of truth. Let us listen now to my Godfather, Apostle Alexander Lockamy. You can hear this man of God as well. He comes in on Thursday from 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. Apostle Alexander Lockamy. God bless you as we listen to the word of God. Amen. That he would call somebody to be better and do better. But it simply said that he ascended on high and he gave gifts unto men for the edifying of the spirit, for the building up of the body of Christ, for the turn down of strongholds, 
for the perfection of the saints. So God gave us ideals not for ourselves, but he gave us ideals to make one another better. We are not where we are going to be. We are not what we're going to be. We're not what we're going to be in God. We will, we're getting there. The Bible says we ought to go from one grace into another. We grow in grace and the eminence and the knowledge of the Lord. So with our gifts, we help one another in our frailty. The Bible says some got the weaker vessel. We have the weaker links in the body. Those that love the Lord and, and really want to serve God and really want to be a Christian, but they got frailty. They, 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 they got habits. They got hang-ups. They got strongholds. And we condemn them and we cast them to the side and we say they're not saved. They're not born again because they got issues. But the Bible says what we're supposed to do is use our gifts to perfect them. They're not perfected. Oh, they need to be perfected. They need to know that the God that brought us can bring them to. The God that delivered them when they were, when you delivered you when you were smoking cigarettes. The God that delivered you when you were drinking alcohol. Oh, the God that delivered you when you were still doing some things you have no business doing and you say you were being born again. That same God will deliver them. So we can't get so holy and so righteous that we get up here and write people off because we done attained. Paul said we have not attained. We hadn't made it yet. Bible says don't say what you will and will not do. I don't care how annoying you are. I don't care if you had made no mistakes in the last 25 years. The Bible says do not say what you will not do, but it said in the name of Jesus. By God's grace, we will not do this. By God's grace, we will not do this. So we thank God that we have an opportunity to help somebody get better, to perfect somebody, to call somebody to uh, give them the grace and strength they need to let go and let God. And let them know that they can walk above this habit. They can walk above this hang-up. They don't have to continue to allow these strongholds them, bound them, and imprison them. When God has nailed all our deliverance on the cross in Jesus Christ. For the Bible says he nailed all our affections and lusts to the tree. Oh, Pastor, I just can't. Yes, you can. You just got to let give it to Jesus. Let him have it. I don't care what it is. Let him have it. He ain't no yoke he cannot break. Ain't no burden he cannot lift. Ain't no mind he cannot regulate it. And you ain't going through nothing nobody else is going through because we all been tempted by the same devil, and we, and, and, and we all serve the same God. So the God that delivered me will deliver you also. So we thank God this afternoon because we want to talk about hiding, H-I-D-I-N-G, hiding. And I want to talk for my subject. We can't hide. We can't hide. God got all our numbers, and he knows where we live. And death has a warrant for all of us. We can't hide. Oh, we're going to die one day. We're not going to talk about death. I'm just going to share that with you, that we all got to die one day. And since we know we got to die one day, we ought to be making preparations for to meet that point, that appointment. It is appointed that every man wants to die. But after the appointment and the judgment, we all got that appointment. The day you were born, the day you made your first cry out of your mother's womb, well, the day you started dying. Oh, yes, I know you started living too, but you start living and dying at the same time. Isn't that awesome? How we can live and die at the same time? We're living a new life. We're living a new child. We're growing up day by day, minute by minute. And we go from one year to two years to 10 years to 20 to 30 to 60 to 90, all depending on how long we live. But we're born to die. It is appointed to every man to die. And death is taking its hold every time we breathe our breath. 
As we get older, we're getting closer to death. But while we get old, we need to be making preparations. Amen. And we, and, but, but we can't allow the enemy to make us hide. I want you to know this afternoon, sin will make you hide. I said sin will make you hide. Anytime you get to messing with sin, that make you want to go through and hide from God. The Bible said that in the book of Genesis, uh, the third chapter, the one through the 13th verse, it said that God would always come in the afternoon and the cool of the day, and God would come and talk to Adam, and he would talk to Eve, fellowship with them, just like he want to do with us. God want to have a fellowship with us. We just want to say we know God, but God wants more than that we know him. He want a relationship with us. He want a fellowship with us. He want to talk to us, and we talk to him. And this is what God did. And God would come in the, in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden, and he would talk to Adam and Eve, and I don't know what he said to them, and I don't know what they said to him. But man talked to God, and God talked to man. And the Bible said that God talked to Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, and he did that every day. They had a conversation. They talked. What they talked about, I don't know, but nevertheless, it was a good thing. It was something that God did for years and years. Now, you know, Adam lived to be 900 and something, so God did that for years and years. He talked with Adam, and they fellowship and had a good time. But what afternoon, God came down to talk to man, talk to Adam and talk to Eve. And the scripture said he couldn't find them. And God asked where they was. He said, Adam, Adam, where are thou? Because God counts the privilege. God counts it a privilege to meet you in your fellowship. God counts it a privilege to meet you in your prayer room, in your prayer chamber, the place you have set aside to pray with God. God counts that a privilege. And when you're not there, oh, my God, it bothers God. It moves God. Because he don't know. He want to know where you are. Because that's where he meets you at every morning. That's where he meets you every day. And when he come there and find out you're not there, he's going to ask, where are you? Where are you? And you can only be there in righteousness. You can only be there doing the right thing. When we start doing the wrong thing, you get out of your prayer room. You get out of your prayer chamber. When you start doing the wrong thing, you get out of that place of prayer that, that you meet God in. And then God got to ask, where are you? And so God asked Adam, Adam, what's going on? I come to meet you this afternoon. What, what's, what's going on? Where are you? Adam said, Lord, I'm hiding over here. Me and Eve is hiding over here in the way. Hiding? What, what, what you doing hiding? I mean, what did I do to make you hide? They said, Lord, we was ashamed. Ashamed? Yes, we ashamed, Lord, to, you, to see us over here. We naked. We ain't got no clothes on. And the next thing God said, who told you that, that you were naked? So, see, you've got to understand, out of the Eve did not know they were naked, even though they didn't have no clothes on. God hadn't given them that, that knowledge. He had not given them that insight. They were innocent. And did not know that they didn't were naked. They've been naked all the time. But they didn't know they were naked in their mentality, in their mind, in their spirit. God hadn't gave them that much knowledge yet uh, that they were naked. So when, when they told the Lord that they were naked, God said, Who told you that you were naked? Because I did not. He said, Did you take up the forbidden tree of I told you not to touch? Now, they hear from God. They ain't here before. They've been out there in the open, fellowshipping. But now that they, they, they done sin, 
Sin opened up an avenue. It opened up a, a, a vortex that they had never ended before. Whenever they took of that forbidden fruit, it was not just a bite of a, of a fruit, but it, it opened up an avenue in, in, in the demonic realm. For it was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. So now that now that they have bitten at this fruit, they have entered into another realm in the mindset that they uh, that they would never have before. And this is the evil realm. Because you remember, it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They knew good, but they didn't know no evil. But now that they are bitten off this tree, now evil have entered in. Things that people do now that that we would not do if he, they had not took of the forbidden fruit. They opened up a door to sin. They opened up a door to iniquity. They opened a door to ungodliness. Uh, they opened up a door to demonic forces that would not have been there if they had not. And that's why he said, we're naked. We ain't got no clothes on. And God said, I did not tell you you were naked. I didn't give you that knowledge unless you disobeyed me and ate of the tree of knowledge. That's the only way you should have could have known that you were naked. And you know how that is. We always blame other people whatever we do wrong rather than accept the blame ourselves. And Adam said, that woman that thy gave is me. She gave me the of the fruit, and I did eat. But see, God had already told Adam, way before he even made the woman, God had already told Adam, of all the trees of the garden, you may truly freely eat thereof. But the tree of the midst of the garden of knowledge of good and evil, now I'm not, God said you are not even touch it, not let eat it, eat off of it. He said don't even touch it. For in the day you do, and thou shalt surely die. And so that day death started in them. As I said earlier, it took them 900 some years to die, but death started. And the same death started in them when they sinned it, and the same death started in us when we sinned. See, when you sin, Satan never tells you that you die. All he does is entice you to do the sin. All he does is try to deceive you and trick you and, and, and entice you to go do that wrong. But he does not tell you that death is behind that. The scripture says that the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. The scripture says he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows of the spirit shall reap everlasting life. So when you are sinning, when you are doing those things that you think nobody sees, God sees. But not only do God see them, you are bringing destruction. Because, see, the more you sin, the more you enter into the demonic realm. Uh, the more you enter into destruction, because there ain't nothing in the flesh but destruction. You can, if you sow the flesh, you ain't going to get no righteousness. If you sow your flesh, you ain't going to get no holiness. You ain't going to get no anointing sowing to the flesh. Only thing you're going to get is corruption. The more you sow into it, the more corrupt it's going to do, and the more abominable it's going to do, the more uh, ungodly it's going to be, the further you go into your flesh. See, we don't know who we are until we start sowing to our flesh. We only know who we are when we sow into the spirit. This is who we really are, the spirit. But but when we sow into the flesh, we're sowing into corruption. And we find ourselves doing things and saying things. We never thought we were cursed. We never thought we would lie. We never thought we would be deceiver. We never thought we would do ungodly things. We never thought we would walk in that unnatural affection. But all these things is in the flesh. And the more you walk in the flesh, the more you walk into these things that I just named, the ungodly things, saying I want this and I won't do that. If you walk in the flesh, you will do these things. 
Because this is where these things are in the flesh. That's why Jesus said, so into the spirit. He that walk in the spirit uh, shall have everlasting life. When you walk in the spirit, you go from one grace into another. You begin to lay things down. You get to walk away from the flesh. You begin to walk away from those carnalities that you had in the flesh, those habits and those strongholds. And the more you walk in the spirit, the more the stronghold breaks off. So we were talking about hiding. They hid from God because they had sinned it. That was the reason they hid, because they knew that they had did wrong. See, they didn't even realize that they were wrong until they bit the root. Once they bit it, uh, their eyes came open. See, Satan ain't going to let you know you're wrong until you go out there and do wrong. And uh, listen, he ain't going to put no guilt on you why, uh, uh, until you do this. He's going to tell you to do it. He's he going to make it feel good at what you're doing. And just as soon as you do it, he's going to pull back the curtain, and he's going to point his finger at you and accuse you. But the Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brothers. But he's only going to accuse you after he gets you to do the mess that he tells you to do. Now, he ain't said nothing to Adam and Eve about how wrong this was. He did not make them feel guilty before they did it. He even said to them, uh, uh, he even lied to them, deceived them. He took God's word and twisted it around. He said, God, did, did God not say that you could eat of the fruits in the garden? And Eve said, wait, no, 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 he did say we can. But he told us not to eat of the tree of knowledge and good in the midst of the garden. But, but So the servant said, you know what, Eve? The reason God don't want you to eat of that fruit of that tree, because he wants you to stay dumb. Well, you, you must understand she didn't know she was naked, so it ain't like you were all that intelligent, you know. So it didn't take much for, for the for the servant to deceive her when she want all that knowledge from nowhere. He said, God don't want you to have no knowledge. He said, he don't want you to be like him because if you go and eat of that tree, you're going to be just like God is. And God don't want you like he is. He wants you to stay like you are. So he attempted her. He enticed her. He deceived her. And you know the scripture says she went and took of that fruit. And she ate it and gave it to her husband. And then they went and went and hid. We got people today hiding, hiding from God. Yeah, hiding from God and thank God don't see him. You can't hide from God. It's impossible to hide from God. I don't know why they even thought that, that they could hide from God. But they, they might as well have been standing out in the open. For the Bible said we can't hide from God. It said night and day is the same in God's eyes. The Bible said no one can hide from God. His eyes is everywhere on everything. We 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 do. We must give an answer to everything we're doing because God sees everything we're doing. He sees everything we're doing. I don't care. It's the blackest night. The moon ain't shining. You can be down in the woods when there ain't, ain't, ain't even no lightning bugs. And it's just as dark as it can be. You might as well be standing in the mid though. It's 12 o'clock in the day because God sees just that well. There's nothing. A lot of people have done a lot of dark things. A lot of people have hurt folks and told people lies, and, and, and they think that, that, that nobody don't know. But I come to say you notice, you are to stand before God one day and give an account for that that you've done. The same God that saw Cain kill Abel is the same God seen the Pope you kill and call yourself hiding them in the wood or burn them in some grave or or, 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 or Killing them somewhere far away that nobody knows that you did it. But always only make you understand that when you take somebody's life, it ain't about the law no more. It's about God. Because God created man. And when you take somebody's life, then you are tapped into God. You've gotten God's attention. And God's going to deal with it. Now, just because he ain't did nothing, don't mean he ain't going to do with nothing. The simple says, some things are revealed now. 
And then some sins are revealed later. If God don't get you now for that thing you've done, for that life you took, you have to stand before him at the seat of judgment, and you're going to have to give an account for that life that you took if you don't repent, if you don't, if you don't uh, get, uh, repent before God and ask him to save you and forgive you. I ain't there to tell you that. I, I did not tell you to go to the police. Now, I said you got to repent before God. Now, whether you go to the police or not, and maybe whether or not your conscience leads you that way, that, that's totally up to you. But I'm trying to share with you, you need to get it right with God because God is going to judge you for that life that you took. Just like he asked Abel, asked Cain, where is thy brother Abel? And Cain said, I don't know. I mean, am I my brother Abel? Why are you asking me? But all the time. His blood cried from the ground. That person's life you took, whether it's some game you in to prove a point, or whether you did it just because you robbed them and you don't want nobody to know, or you hurt them in such a way you knew they would identify you, and you took their lives and, and it didn't mean nothing. You act like it's over. it ain't over. You're going to have to answer one day because their blood is crying from the ground to God, and God's going to vindicate. One day you're going to have to answer before God, whether you do it now, you do it later. So we need to quit hiding. We need to quit hiding. We need to quit hiding and come straight out, come clean with God. Because God already knows what you're doing. You, you, you can't hide from God. When you sin, God saw you sin. And, and he wants you to come clear. Then when you come clear, God is able to heal you. He's able to deliver you. He able you to set free. God loves to tell you to tell him, God, I got a habit. I got a hang-up. I, I got a stronghold in my life. And God, I can't seem to get the victory. And God will help you. But to act like ain't nothing going on is a dangerous thing because then God cannot help. What he said, lukewarm and I spew you out, he loves you be holocaust. So we need to we need to quit hiding from God. We we got folks in church hiding from God, sit right in church. We sit right up in the church, call ourselves hiding from God. You can't hide God know what you did last night. God know what you did at the club, God know where you went, God know the mistake you made, and you're gonna sit there wanna to come to the altar to repent. And you said that, though, God don't know that you did what you did, but how many know that we, he knows everything we've done? And then, and then the Bible said that 139, 7 through 14, listen to what it says. in Psalm 139, 7 through 14. It says, Whether shall I go from the presence of the Lord? Whether shall I go from thy spirit? Or whether shall I flee from thy presence? David is talking now. He said, if I sin in the heavens, thou art there. In other words, God already there before he got there. He didn't just get there when he got there. If I go to heaven, God is there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Even if I go to hell, when I get God is there. In other words, God's everywhere. If I make my bed in God, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the wind of the morning and dwell in the other more part of the sea, if I fly the other side of the ocean and then go to the other side of the sea and keep on going as I get there, God is there for I get there. Isn't it something to know? This is what I'm here to say. Isn't it something to know that we serve an awesome God? He can be here and beat you over there. He can be here where you are, and meet you where you're going. He already going to beat you there. He's everywhere. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere, in all places, at all times. 
because he's God. So we can't get away from him because he's everywhere. If I ascend into the heavens, they are there. He said, if I take the wings of the wind and say, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. He said, if I surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. In other words, David said, if I take darkness and cover myself up so God can't see me, he said, I might as well took a flashlight and shine it on me. He said, because darkness and light and God are the same. You can't cover yourself with darkness and get away from God because he sees. Amen? He said, yes, the darkness hides it. Not from thee, but the night shines as the day. He said, the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my realm that have covered me with my mother's womb. Otherwise, they were saying, you can't hide in the darkness. So you might as well come on clean, because whatever you do, God sees it. Then let's talk about Jonah. Oh, y'all know about Jonah. The Bible told him to go to Nineveh, because Nineveh was a, a wicked city. If I'm not mistaken, it had about 5,000 or better than 5,000 people who were wicked. It was, they were unsaved. I'm not going to say they were like this city or that city because they were like Nineveh. They were a wicked city. They were ungodly. They were unholy. And God wanted Jonah to go there and, re- and tell them repent because in 40 days, God says, I'm going to overthrow the city. Jonah got up to go to Nineveh, but he got up and went to Joshua. And he got on a ship, heads to Tarsha, went down to Jasper, ran from God. Didn't even do what God told him to do. Called himself hiding, hiding from God. He might have still talked to David before he took off running, but nevertheless, he took off running. Called himself hiding because he did not want to go to Nineveh and do what the Lord said. So he went down to Jasper, the very mistake, and got on a ship, a ship to Tarsha. And the Bible said he went down to the inward part of the ship and hid himself from God, and also the, the, the mates that, that rode the ship did not know he was down there. But the scripture said, soon after he did that, I want you to know, sooner after you thought making the wrong move, God got your number. I told you earlier, he knows where you live. Death got a warrant for you. God already knows where you're at. He ain't got to find you. He ain't got to look in his book and see which way you went. God don't need no GPS. He, he sees everything you're doing. He made the man that made the GPS. God knows where you at. He ain't got to pick up no calendar. He ain't got to pick up no map. He ain't got to put no, no GPS signal to find you. He sees every move you make. He knows where you're at at all times. For the eyes of the Lord go to and forth throughout all the earth. They're holding the good and the evil. So God saw Jonah, even though Jonah might even think he did. And there he was laying in a hinderment part of But God called a storm to occur on the water. God called a, a storm to come up, and it was vehement. And the waters beat against the ship, and they beat, and they beat, and they beat, and they beat, tossing the ship to and fro. But this was a storm like they had never before. See, those shipmen, those mariners, always been out in the ocean. And they always have ran against storms. 
but they were spiritually enough to know. See, you got to know when this storm is of God and when this storm is of the devil. Some of us are just so caught up in our flesh that, 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 we, that, that, that we don't know when the storm of the devil or when the storm is of the flesh. And then we'll, get, we'll say, well, the, 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 the Lord is judging me, the Lord is testing me. Uh, no, 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 no. You need to know whether or not this storm coming from your sin or whether this storm coming from a trial. Because this storm you're going through may be coming from a sin and not from a trial. And if it's coming from your sin, it may not. It, it may be no limitation on when the outcome will come. And you keep on going through year after year, telling the Lord is that God is not going to, to not test you no twenty and thirty years about the same thing. God's going to bring you there always the sunlight out of every storm. Amen. And God puts no more on than we ate the bird, but He make a way of escape. So Jonah went down and he hit him apart, and the storm raised it. And the, as I say, the mariners knew that this was not a natural storm. They knew that this was a storm from God, and God was mad at somebody. God was upset because what somebody else do. We see all this stuff going on in America today, and we think it's just natural. But I come out and tell somebody God's upset. God is mad. God is angry. The same God that get upset and angry in the Bible in the Bible days is that same God today. And we're doing worse now than they did in the Bible days. And why we think God ain't going to get angry? Why God ain't going to get upset? Why, why judgment ain't in the land? Why we think that God allowed these pledges to come? This, the devil didn't bring this pledge. The devil can't kill nobody with God's permission, without God's permission. The devil can't take none of our lives. He told him, touch Job, but don't take his life. No, devil can't bring no pledge through here and kill everybody, and, and God sit back and do nothing. He don't have that kind of power. But see, our churches started getting corrupted, and we started letting corrupted things come in our churches, and, and we just started just, anybody can sing in the choir, and anybody can preach in the pulpit, and anybody can hook at the door, and anybody can work on the trustee board, and anybody can be the assistant pastor. No matter whether they're living anything or not. And we corrupted God's churches. Don't you remember? Whatever the children of Israel corrupted the land, God allowed them to be taken into captivity. He said, now my land is at rest. He said, now my land is at peace. God said, now my land is holy. Because he had allowed them to be delivered into the hands of the enemy because they started serving idols. They started burning their children on the altar like the rest of the nation did. And the land became corrupted. And God had to have them delivered to the hands of the enemy just for the land to be clean. And God had allowed his pledge to come through. So we had to shut the church doors. We couldn't even have church. No, but I, one thing about it, the church is holy now. The church is, the door may be shut, but in God's eye, the church is holy. God had allowed a distance. He had allowed a pledge to come through in order to clean the church. So now that God is opening up the door, now that he's sending the pledge away, now that he's giving us another chance, we need to check ourselves. We need to see what's hiding in our church, and we need to see where we're hiding in the church, and we need to check ourselves and make sure that holiness is in the pulpit, that holiness is ushering on the door, that holiness is on the trustee board, that holiness is in the choir stand. I don't care that they but one singing in the choir. You let them say that that one thing until you get two to get holy, until you get three to get holy, until you get five to get holy, until you get 20 to get holy. Then you put them in the choir. Don't put them in because they're your cousin. Don't put it there because they they, they can uh, the ancient mama they they can the Lisa May. Don't put it there because they can see in the bed of Lou. You put them there because they've been saved and sanctified. Holy Ghost seal has not baptized. You put them there because they love God, and then God will be pleased. We hide behind our sins, and God don't like it. It's time we come clean. 
the time we get from hiding behind our thing. So the mariner knew that something was wrong. Because he went all over the ship trying to tell everybody to pray. Everybody pray. Pray to God. Pray to your God. He didn't say pray to God. He said pray to your God. Oh, if you got a God, you need to pray. Because this ship's about to say, we ain't never had a storm like this. And they found Jonah laying down there asleep in the bottom. And they asked him, who is you? Why are you down here asleep? You need to be praying. Pray to your God. Who is your God? Where are you from? What's going on? Why, why are you down here asleep? And Jonah came clean. Jonah told us to listen. I'm running from God. God told me to go to Nineveh to preach to the people, and I, I didn't want to go. So I ran, I ran, and here I am. I, this storm is because of me. I caused this storm. Somebody need to check yourself and see that you caused that storm. Is that storm you're going through, is it your fault? Is it your fault that your marriage broke up? Is it your fault your husband gone? Is it your fault your wife gone? Is it your mouth that ran your husband off? Is it your mouth that ran your wife off? Husband, is it your doing that caused her to leave? Did you forget to love her at Christ love the church? Did you forget to reverence her at Christ love the church? Why did you forget to be submissive to your husband that God told you to, and now he's gone? Sometimes you got to see who fault it is in order to problem yourself. If you don't never find out where the fault is, the problem is going to keep on going over and over again. And we hide from the fault. We, we're talking about hide now. We hide from the truth because we don't want to homer ourselves and say we were wrong. To homer ourselves and say, yes, I said that what I said. I, I told him to leave. I told him I don't care. I don't care if he don't never come. When we really didn't mean it. Sometimes we have to homer ourselves and find out that we're the fault. We're the fault. So, so Jonah told them, I'm the reason. So even after that, they still tried to save the ship. They still said, okay, okay, okay. We understand you in the fault, so we're going to do what we can. And they tried to, they tried to, to, to control the ship. They got so bad because it looked like there was no hope. Jonah said, throw me overboard, and, and the storm shall cease. They didn't want to do that. They still tried to not do that. But when they saw that there was no other choice, they picked Jonah up and threw him overboard. And, 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 the, and the sea calmed. But it ain't so good. Ain't it good to know? Ain't it good to know that God had a fish, a whale, a fish, and whatever you want to call it? He created a fish. The scripture said he created one big enough to swallow Jonah. Uh huh. And three days and three nights, he stayed here. Now he's hiding. Now he is hiding. He's hiding in that fish belly. Three days and three nights, he hid in that fish belly. Away from the presence of God. He begged God, God, please give me another chance. Lord, if you give me another chance, somebody need to ask God for another chance. Somebody need to come out of hiding. Ah, shots out of the wool shape. Somebody need to come out of hiding and ask God, God, give me another chance. Lord, I'm hiding from you, Lord. I done done you wrong, God. I I, I don't go to church like I used to. I I don't don't sing in a choir like I used to. I'm not the person that I used to be. Before you bless me, Lord, I, I don't come short of your glory, God. I got sin in my life, and I'm hiding that sin. But God, forgive me. Forgive me, God. Give me another chance. I'll go, God. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want. And that's what Jonah did. Jonah asked the Lord to forgive him. And the scripture said that the fish, oh, my shay, throw Jonah up on land. Now, understand that, that I believe they said it was a three-day journey where Jonah had to go to Nineveh. But Jonah made it in one day. Jonah, Jonah cleared, it, cleared the ground in about one day. He turned three days into one day. He ran into Nineveh's side. Built a 
to do what the Lord said, because God gave him another chance. And God forgave him for hiding. Somebody, God wanted to tell me somebody's hiding. I don't know who you are, but you're hiding behind her. How many know you can hide behind her? Making excuses, our Lord, I go to, I don't go to church. I deep people that deep people. Honey, you can't hide behind her. Everybody been hurt. Ain't none of us have not been hurt. All the radio world been hurt. I've been hurt. Everybody been hurt. And if I had to go home when I was hurt, you got to go home when you hurt. You got to wipe the tears out your eyes. You got to ask God to forgive you and get back in your church. Get back in your choir. Go back and fellowship with the people. God said, forget not to fellowship. Forget not to, to fellowship one with another. This is where our sin comes from. This is where our blessings come from. This is where the anointing comes from. The Bible says we get not to assemble ourselves together, and the devil makes us hide. And this is to me. He'll make you hide at the house. It's time to get back in the church. Now we're now we hiding on the radio. I, 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 know, I, I, know, I know we had to do this when, the, when, 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 when COVID was here. I, I know we had to do this radio stuff and do, and do this stuff on so because we couldn't come together. But, but it's over now. We can come back together. We got to keep hiding on the, on, on the radio no more. We got, we, we got to keep hiding. We can get back and summer ourselves. Because if we don't get back together and we don't open our churches back up and come back, the devil's going to destroy your church. He's going to destroy the members of the church. He's going to destroy those sheep. And then, Pastor, you're going to be responsible because you did not open back up the church to feed the, the flock. But radio, I know, yeah, I thank God for radio food. It's good, but it ain't nothing like a seminar sale. It ain't nothing like fellowship. It ain't nothing like having church service where we can come together and, 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 and be strength one to the other. And so Jonah went there, and he did what the Lord told him to do. But he said the reason he didn't go because he didn't want God to forgive Nineveh. Ain't that something? We can't be like Jonah. We can't hide in our feelings. We, we can't hide in our salvation. We, 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 we can't act like that, that, that this salvation is ours, and we can't share it with somebody else. And because they did so wrong, you know people out there have been living an ungodly life for years. They've been doing it for 20 years, 50 years, 80 years, and now God's trying to save them, and you mad because you knew what kind of life they live. Listen, baby, God has no respect of a person. He'll say you at 20, he'll say you at 60, he'll say you at 80. And the person he's saving may be the person you don't like, but you got to like them. you got to let the grace of God uh, 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 change your heart. And Jonah was upset and angry. And Jonah said, I knew. That's why I ran, because I knew you were going to forgive them, and I didn't want them forgiven. A wicked city, ungodly city. I was, Jonah was sitting back waiting for God to destroy them. So he said, in 40 days, he's going to bring judgment. And Jonah wanted God to judge him. And while he sat there under that shade tree, God sent a worm to eat the tree down so the sun beat on him. And it scorched him and beat on him and tormented him. And God asked him, Jonah, why are you mad at me? Because you forgave them. I knew you were going to forgive them. That's why I didn't come. So why were you sending me here unless you were going to forgive them? So that's why I ran and went the other way. But God said, Jonah, and this is 5,000 people. Over 5,000 people that don't know right from wrong. Why should I not forgive them? And God gave them another chance. God, the merciful God, if you're hiding, I come to tell you to come out from hiding. Come out the closet. Come out from hiding. I don't care what you're doing. Come out from hiding under your sin. From hiding in a backslidden state. Huh? So God can use you. You'll be a blessing to somebody else. He got our number. He knows where you live. 
gifted you. You don't backslid from that gift. You made a mistake. You failed. So hurt is so bad. Got you thinking that now God don't want nothing to do with you because you messed up and you were gifted. You, you sinned and you were an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist. And now they got you uh, hiding, hiding in grief, hiding in shame. But I come out and tell you to shake that shame off. Forgive yourself. Take that title. Take that gift. Pick that banner back in your hand and run for your life. God is a forgiving God. He'll forgive you. You made a mistake. He'll forgive you. You got to answer to God for that gift he gave you. You can't got to answer the man. So what those that don't believe in you? As long as you live, you're going to meet people that don't believe in you. See, man and man and man ain't like God. God is merciful. Man ain't. Man may never forgive you. Man may never pull that reproach from over your head that he knows about you, but that's all right. That's no reason for you to go in a corner and hide. There's no reason for you to sit down somewhere and quit. There ain't no reason for you to throw in the towel because man wrote you out. Because man don't want to hear you preach. Man don't want to hear you prophesy. Man looks at you funny because man knows you committed adultery. Man knows you committed fornication. Man knows you had an affair. Man knows you robbed a bank. Man knows you did it. Man knows you were drinking and you both have been saved. Man just holding this all over your head and you won't walk with it. So God, you won't walk in that calling because man, man looks at you funny. Honey, man didn't create you. Man didn't save you. Man didn't die for you. Jesus died on the cross for you. We all done sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I encourage the fallen as I bring this to an end. I come encourage all those that have fallen down, all those that hiding and, and hurt, all those that hiding in a backslidden state, all those that hiding because you feel like you're not worthy, uh, the, the walking, the calling that you walked in. Is that all right? You young girls, you done had a baby, and you feel so ashamed. Get back in that choir. Ask God to forgive you. You get on back and you let salvation find its place back in your life. We all made mistakes. And I, if the story were told, we all done messed up and just ain't told it. You get up from there. You let that stop you, stop your career, stop your walk with God. Don't you be overcome with shame and with guilt. And that you don't want to walk in the calling and walk in there. You get back in that choir. Ask God to forgive you, anoint you again, and say one more time, because you are singing for the Lord. I come to all hiding folks. It's time to quit hiding now. It's time to come out of the dark. Come out from hiding on your brokenness. Come out from hiding from your wounds. Come out from hiding from, from, from your shortcoming and your fault. And come on and do what the Lord say do. It's time to run for a life. It's time to lay down every weight. And every sin so easy but better. It's time to hold up holy, and it's time to hold up clean hands. It's time to bring holiness back in the church. I say to all pastors, bring holiness back in the church. To all choir leaders, bring holiness back in the church. To all ushers at the door, bring holiness back. And all deacons, uh, bring uh, bring holiness back in the church. All ruling elders, bring holiness. The church is holy. God is holy. Stop being holy. He's holy. He always be holy. And I come out and tell you, to bring this holiness back in the church. Walk the walk, talk the talk. Lift up the standard so that we can inspire those that are lost. They can see God. They, they don't, the world don't know no God but the God they see in us. So I thank you for listening to this afternoon. And I say that it's time to stop hiding. It's time to come clean. It's time to have an inventory of yourself. It's time to see, is you the fault? Are you the reason? Because if you go to this year blaming others, at the end of this year, you're going to still be the same mess you're in. But if you can come clean 
like the prodigal son did, and realize that the fault is in you. You you came short of God's glory. You took your hand out of God's hand. You allowed the devil to put his shoes on your feet, and you just where you are. But I come out and tell you, where you are ain't where you got to stay. Where you are is not where you got to stay. You can make this day a brand new day and get up from your hiding. Wherever you're hiding at, you need to get up from your hiding. Anoint yourself with oil. Talk to your God and give it another chance. And I declare to you that God will take you to higher heights. He'll take you to deeper depths. He'll take you on a ride you ain't never been on before. In Jesus' name, amen. Apostle? Yes, amen and amen. Apostle said that we have to stop hiding. We don't have a right to hide that God has made us in his image. And we are special to him. And we are his beloved. Don't you ever beat up on yourself or take someone else's criticism of you to tear you down. You have a right to the tree of life. You have a right to eternal life. You have a right to salvation. Who is man to judge you? Who is man to make you feel less than? I want to encourage you today that God wanted us to know that he loved you. Our God is an awesome God, that he made time before there was time. He made the heavens and the earth. He made us in the image of him. In the cool of the day, he walked with us. God is an awesome God. He don't make no jump. He made you made you to hold your head up, made you to have a backbone, made you to be able to stand and to take your rightful place. The adversary, the evil one, satanic forces, they want to pull you down. They want to discredit you. They want to scandalize your name. They want you to uh, feel less than what you are, that man or that woman. So what that, like he said, you've done sins, you repented, you ask God to forgive you, you are still a somebody in God. He said, if you turn from it, if you confess by your mouth and say, God, here am I, use me, God will forgive you. God loves you today. God want me to tell you that he's an awesome God. He knew you in your mother's womb. He know who you are now. He know who's listening on this radio and all over the world that God loves you. I come each day through the week on the weekend to tell you that our God is an awesome God, that our God loves you. You got to love yourself. You can't hate yourself, not hug yourself. You can't condemn yourself except to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. You know, wake up and be grateful that you're in the land of the living. Wake up and say, God, I turn this day over to you. Wake up and look at the man and woman in the mirror and say, God, I see myself. Help me to look with spiritual eyes and see what you see. God see his glorification. God see the man and woman that he made, the child that he put in the womb, and that it came forth as a human being. Hey, hallelujah, God sees you. Nobody is perfect. Why do you think that Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross? He knew that we will have shortcomings. He knew that we would sin. He knew that we wouldn't uh, live up to the standard that God has for us. Jesus is the repair of the breach. 
Jesus is our pipeline back to God, our lifeline back to God. His blood was spilled on Calvary. He came to this earth to say, look, I'm about my father's business. He called, he had me to come here to tell you he loves you. He incarnated me as a human being and said, look, God loves you. Let me show you a better way. Look at Beatitudes. Read Beatitudes and what it says about you as a human being, what it says about you as a person of God, that God loves you. He's not going to turn his back on you. God made you in the cool of the day. He visits you in the garden. Yes, he did. He did it because he loved you. That regardless what man said to try to tear you down, regardless what man said to try to destroy your character, regardless what man said, I remember when I knew them when I knew the daddy, I knew the mama, I knew what they're going to do. Yeah, I knew them. But guess what? God knows you better. He knows the things that you did. He knows what you came uh, in short of. He knew the mistakes that you made. But he said, get up from there. Wash yourself. Shake yourself. Shake the dust off your feet that your God is able. If God can't do it, it can't be done. If God can't fix that situation or turn that thing around, it cannot be done. You got to forgive yourself. I want you to hug yourself today. I'm serious. I want you to hug yourself and say, self, I love you. Self, I forgive you. Self, you are special to God. Self, I'm made in the image of God. Self, I have the backbone of God. Self, that I have the favor of God. Self, that I'm a little lord than the angels. Self, that heaven is on my side. Self that I can speak to the north, west, south, and east wind self, that I can gird up my loins and call on Michael and Gabriel self, that I know that my God is with me until the ends of the earth, and he will give me eternal life. Good God Almighty. That's the kind of God that we serve. We serve that awesome God. We serve that God that made heaven and earth we serve that God that in the cool of the day that he visit his own creation. Good God Almighty, help me, Holy Ghost. Woo! That we serve a God who is a God, a creator, an Alpha and Omega, an El Shaddai, Raphael, a Jehovah, the great I am. I am that I am. Good God Almighty, that kind of God that put the heavens above Put the moon and the stars and the sun. Put the earth below, the waters above and the waters below. Good God Almighty. Can you imagine that waters in heaven rain down waters on earth? That is a division. Can you imagine that waters is above the earth and it rains on the earth to the waters that's already on the earth? That there's a dividing line. Good God Almighty that there's air that we breathe. And look how precious it was that we had to put a mask on, that we had to put a mask over our face, that we couldn't even breathe the air because of a plague or a disease. God set us home for these couple of years and said, think about it. Aren't you grateful you woke up your eyes? Aren't you grateful that you opened your eyes? Aren't you grateful that you're able to know that you're in the land of the living, 
Aren't you grateful that blood is running warm through your body? Aren't you grateful that you can breathe the air that I have given you? Aren't you grateful that I'm your sheep? Aren't you grateful that I'm the lily of the valley? Aren't you grateful that I'm the bright and morning star? Aren't you grateful that I'm El Shaddai? Aren't you grateful that I'm Jesus who have died on the cross for you? This is what our God is saying to us, that be grateful that your God is an awesome God. Hey, hallelujah. If God can't do it, it can't be done. You got to say, God, I take all my troubles and put at this cross. God, that I'm going to remember the Sabbath each and every day, and I'm going to worship and praise you, that I'm going to pray from the sincerity of my heart, that I'm going to read your word to the best of my understanding, and help me, Holy Ghost, to have revelation knowledge, that I'm going to speak kind words out of my mouth to exalt, edify, and encourage. I'm going to treat people the way that I want to be treated. I'm with myself. Get that cockiness, that arrogance. Get that little stuck-out chest that's high up in the air and know how to say, good morning, hallelujah, praise the God. Let me give you a hug. There is nothing too hard for God. Stop being so pompous in yourself and know that there is somebody that's greater than you. And know that you are special to him because he woke you up. He woke you up because he loved you. I speak to Africa, Russia, China, England, this United States, the Arab nation, that our God is the supreme God, the creator, the Jehovah, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the El Shaddai, that he is God all by himself. And we are a reflection of God, so therefore we are a reflection of his light. Therefore, we have the power over darkness and dominion over this earth that God love us so. Love yourself. Forgive yourself. So what? Man knew your past. So what? Man try to condemn you. So what? Man try to point a, a finger at you. He got to put a finger at himself. How can you call a person a name without calling yourself a name? How can you put somebody down without putting yourself down? Didn't God say that all have come short to the glory of God? We need to stop getting beside ourselves and know that there is someone that is greater than us. I want to tell you today that you are special to God, that God loves you, and that he can do anything but fail that our God is an awesome God, and that you just have to believe it, you have to receive it, and you have to know that your God loves you. I want to encourage you today as you wash your face and as you get up in this land of the living and as you go ahead and, and gird up yourself, and to know that your God loves you, that he want me to tell you that he is an awesome God. Listen to us through the week as well as on the weekend. We have great speakers and preachers and teachers. We have great leaders to exalt, edify, and encourage you in the word of Christ, as well as give you those corrections according to the word. Don't condemn yourself. Love yourself. Support your church, your edifice. Support your pastor and the vision, support yourself in the land of the living. You are special. You are somebody. You have a backbone. You are a human being, and you have a right 
to speak, a right to use your intelligence, a right to love and to treat others the way you want to be treated. I want to encourage you again. If you have anything bad to say about somebody, I remember when they're not all that holy. they supposed to be a Christian. Well, you're supposed to be a child of God, too. Then you get saved. So stop condemning. Stop turning down. Stop finding fault. Stop remembering yesterday. We're in a new year. This is 2023. I'll say it again. We're in 2023. Whatever the timeline is in the calendar or whatever man said, that we're in God's time, that it's a new beginning and in this new day. As I said before, that we come to just to fellowship, to spread the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, hallelujah. No one is perfect but Jesus himself. I want you to take hold of your salvation, take hold of the word of God, and in your spare time, read the beard tooth for yourself in Matthews. Read it for yourself, that Sermon on the Mount, to know who you are in God. This is also our disclaimer. As we play music of Zion, it belongs to the artists that we try to promote those sounds and encourage fellowship and love and worship. Truly, God has blessed those artists to really sing some beautiful songs and hymns. If that don't usher you into the Holy Ghost, if that don't put you behind the veil, if you don't feel the outpouring of God, then you need to go back and check yourself. So as we leave out, let us listen to Helen Baylord and Awesome God. God bless you today. Always know that you are special and God forgives you. This is why he died on the cross, and you still have a chance to eternal life. So let's just praise God for his awesomeness. Amen. Amen. Again, I'm Apostle Margie Mercer. I'm at the Fivefold Ministries Worldwide. You could write us at P.O. Box 9786, Baltimore, Maryland, 21284. Again, God bless you today, and let us worship our awesome God. Amen. Our God is an awesome
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.